We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Paul McGuire Grimes here to talk about that on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. I was really um, I, blown away. You know, I read the, we just talked about the piece from Ronan Farrow about Harvey Weinstein, sort of the second deep dig into that story. Mm-hmm. But then I followed that up with a story about Disney versus the LA Times. It's so fascinating. And I knew the only person we could reach out to, Colleen, was our good friend Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies, et cetera, et cetera. Because as a certified, verifiable, genuine movie critic, he would know the story and have an opinion about it. Hi, Paul. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Well, you're always the first person we uh, we think of when when a story like this arises. So can you tell us a little bit about what is going on yes. between the L.A. Times and Disney and critics and all of the stuff? Yes. It's a very kind of multi-layered approach. So let's start with this idea that Disney started to ban critics and reporters from the Los Angeles Times from reviewing their movies. They told one of their critics that you cannot come to a screening of Thor Ragnarok and review it. You've been banned. Now you're thinking, well, what would cause that? That is exactly what I was thinking, Paul. Right? Yeah. So the Los Angeles Times went and did this two-piece story about, it was written by Daniel Miller, and it was all about Disney's relationship with the city of Anaheim and talking about subsidies from taxpayers that they're receiving, different you know, an agreement to shield Disney from any potential entertainment tax mm-hmm. and the relationship that Disney has with the city. Well, Disney was not too happy with what came out in the article. And we should saying, just, I just wanted to clarify for people who may not know, oddly, that Anaheim is the location of Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that is where they're building their new Star Wars theme park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Los Angeles Times came out saying that, or, that Disney came out saying that the LA Times showed this complete disregard for journalistic standards and said that it was biased and inaccurate um, writing. So they went and put a, ba- a ban on the Los Angeles Times from doing reporting and being a critic for any of their movies. It really sh- smacks of just, you know, blatant. Um I don't know, uh, tinkering with like First Amendment, right? So like you're you're going to punish reporters who have nothing to do with, you know, the other reporters who were talking about a totally different story. What I find interesting and what I what I was hoping to get from you, Paul, is so, you know, reporters decided to start siding with the L.A. Times and say, okay, we're not going to go to these screenings either and we're not going to write about your movies until 
after they premiere in theaters, which could actually do Disney some harm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Los Angeles Times did say that they would review the movies once they're open to the public, like any person could. But now we're seeing that four major film critics association groups have banded together saying that they, it's the Los Angeles Film Critics Association, New York, Boston Society of Film Critics, and then the National Society of Film Critics have all banded together. They came out with a press release basically stating that they have voted to disqualify any of Disney's films from year-end awards consideration until said blackout is publicly rescinded. You know, th- this. I'm sorry to interrupt, but the, this, the whole, the, what is frustrating to me while I'm listening to this story, as a per, as just a regular human, is uh, I, this all sounds like it started with a toddler temper tantrum on the right. on the part of Disney yes. for something that the rest of us really don't give two you know what's about. Right. It's 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 childish yes and there and it's a, it's um it's a thing of power again mm-hmm. disney is a powerful entity and they think that they can just run with anything mm-hmm. and put all these rules and regulations and that's not really how this works and then this crit- you know these critics this association has called them out saying that it's an antithetical to the principles of free speech and it sets this dangerous precedent in a time of already heightened hostility toward journalism mm-hmm. yeah and what does it mean to be a journalist yeah i had a, the other question i wanted to ask you Paul, again, if you're just joining us, Paul's uh, got the latest on this Disney dust up with the L.A. Times, and now it's increasing and become a full out uh, full on boycott. Are there uh, people, you know, in the business, so to speak, that that have joined us follow on Twitter? Not that I know specifically in any of those um, associated groups, but I, you know, I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association and we vote for the Critics Choice Awards. And I'm kind of waiting for us, our group, to have a stance on this. I think it will continue to build as award season is kicking off. Do you think that Disney will just uh, go ahead and, you know, allow the L.A. Times to review their films again to make this go away? Or do you have any sense? I, I would hope so. I mean, that would be the right thing to do if they came to their senses and said, wait a minute, this is a free speech thing. We were in the wrong. And and it, and it's and again, it kind of shows the power or the politics behind award consideration. Because mm-hmm. now their movies may not be seen for awards. And if it is a, like an awards thing, it's kind of a... Um, it's a, it's a stance. It just drives the point home, like we always say in Hollywood, nothing is real, right? And everyone smokes. <laughs> well, and you're also like there are so many other people behind the scenes that are now going to get hurt from this. People like you know the directors of and creators of all these Disney movies or Pixar or Marvel that now may not have a chance at Oscar or you know Golden Globe or whatever if this keeps going. Mm -hmm. And they're not behind any of this. Mm -hmm. Paul, can you talk a little bit about um, what doing uh, advanced screenings does for movies and and why those are so critical to, you know, studios like Disney? Right. So, I mean, in the day and age right now where Rotten Tomatoes seems to have such power, you know, us, the critics go and see a movie, we write a review so that it's available when the movie comes out, well, on Rotten Tomatoes, you can see how high or how low that is. So if a Disney movie or something got a super low score on that opening day, then no one's going to go see it and they're not going to make any money. Mm-hmm. And so it's those that- reviews which determine that score. Right, Correct. And that is, of course, I mean, the majority of people are going, like you said, to Rotten Tomatoes to decide whether or not a movie is worth their time and money, especially in this day and age when so much is available to us, as we've been talking about all day, on streaming at home. And sure, there may be movies that 
are critic proof. You know, Star Wars The Last Jedi, that is going to be critic proof. Thor Ragnarok, that's essentially critic proof too. But again, yeah. like you, you, those are exceptions to the rules. Well, and I think what what is happening, what we're we're watching happen is, you know, the the big guy uh, punishes the little guy, and the little guy finds the little guy's friends, and they're going to make it hurt for the big guy, right? And um, and there's some sort of justice in that, but also it's frustrating because at the end of the day, you're what like you pointed out, Disney is just trying to wield their power, mm-hmm. and it make, it gives us all a bad taste in our mouth, right? Yeah, and, and there's some people that aren't even directly involved in this that will be. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people behind the scenes with Beauty and the Beast or Coco, the new Pixar, which is great. Maybe they were hoping for some Oscar love, and maybe that's not going to happen because of this brouhaha. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, have you given any thought to, like, how this would affect, you know, you going to see? I mean, you're independent, uh, but... Right, and, I'll, like, I'll still end up seeing some of these Disney movies, but it does paint a light on what what I think of Disney in this yeah. regard. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, they're not like my go-to studio right now. Ugh. It's like they didn't play the tape all the way through on this, right. on this there thing. There was like a, a shooting match of who's got the bigger gun or the more yeah. powerful. Also, I mean, just, re- reference, but. just remember the, um, the other Disney headline that we had in the last 24 hours is that Disney reportedly was in talks to buy a big chunk of Fox. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, this just perhaps is not the best timing for them to look like they are already too big for their own britches. Yeah. Especially if they already own Lucasfilm, Marvel, Pixar. Like, they already own And the rest giants. of the world. And the rest of the world, yes. <laughs> well, Paul McGuire Grimes, thank you so much for, for you being for with us. Me. Ooh. Thanks, Paul. Paul. Oh, sorry, Thanks. that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Paul. That's Paul McGuire Grimes. And you can hear him on Fridays on our show, on the Colleen and Bradley show, where he re- reviews movies, but also on his podcast, on the podcast One Network, All Things Streaming. Now, when we come back... Yesterday, we had a match between myself and Dawn from mm-hmm. The Morning Show. Who could tell the 80s song on the music channel? Okay, that didn't make sense, but we did it was a like music channel. tune yep, for on, 80s, yep. and you won. I won, and today we've matched Bradley with Alexis from The Morning Show. And what we need to know is, did our show remain victorious? We'll find out after this on My Talk 107.1. To learn if the Colleen and Bradley show will beat the morning show when it comes to identifying music. Yesterday, I beat Dawn. And today, Bradley, you played Alexis on Name That Tune. Yeah, so we played Alexis against Alexa. So Alexa does a song quiz. Hey, I am Alexa. And she does a song quiz. It's really fun. You can pick the decade and then you can have as many players as you want. Well, I played against Alexis as you did Dawn yesterday. Now, I should point out for those who didn't listen yesterday that you actually won by default. I'm not taking away anything from no, your win. No, on a technicality. But you won because Dawn screwed up and got and made her stop. Mm-hmm. Something similar happened oh today, but I, let's listen to some of it. We might actually have to cut it short because it's kind of long, but let's get a little taste anyway of Alexis and I going uh, up against each other in the 90s Alexa song quiz. I will play seven short song clips from the 90s. After the music ends, try to guess the name of the song. You can also guess just the artist for half credit. Let's begin. For 10 points, player one. Question one. What song is this? Black or white, Michael Jackson. That answer is correct. 
The song title was Black or White by Michael Jackson. Your score is 10. For 10 points, player 2. Oh Question 1. What song is this? Hey, Macarena! That answer is correct. The song title was Macarena by Los Del Rio. Your score is 10. For 20 points, player 1. Question 2. What song is this? Hold on. That answer is correct. The song title was Hold On by Wilson Phillips. Your score is 30. For 20 points, player 2. Question 2. What song is this? End of the Road. That answer is wrong. The song title was End of the Road by Boys Two Men. Your score nice. is 10. For 30 points, player 1. Question 3. What song is this? Always Be My Baby? That answer is correct. Oh, the song title baby. was Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. Your score is 60. I'm being For 30 Alexis. points. Player 2. Question 3. What song is this? Umbop! That answer is correct. The song title was Mop by Hansen. Your score is 40. For 40 points, player 1. Question 4. What song is this? I don't want to wait? That answer is correct. The song title was I Don't Want to Wait by Paula Cole. Your score is 100. For 40 points, player 2. Question 4. What song is this? Have you ever searched for words to get to it? Have you ever? That answer is correct. The song title was Have You Ever? Doing pretty good, by Brandy. Right? Your score is 80. For 50 points, player 1. Question 5. What song is this? In the arms of the angel. Oh, I don't know. Um, sad song by that lady, Sarah McLaughlin? That answer is wrong. The song title was Angel by Sarah McLaughlin. Your score is 100. For 50 points, player 2. Question 5. What song is this? Boy is mine. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Answer is wrong. The song title was The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's right. For 60 points. You better give me those. You're winning. winning. You're winning. Question six. What song is this? Okay, so I'm going to save you some time. I didn't I know, know the la- I know it, but yeah, I, don't I don't know that one. So, mm-hmm. but Alexa totally kept Alexis from getting two questions correct. I don't know what she has against Alexis. That's but awesome. frankly, I won uh, the quiz. Uh, now, so that means if you we're gave, victorious. If you gave Alexis her due points, I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, if you fast forward it all the way to the end of that, Alexa says I won. Let's listen to that. In Vogue. Ah! Oops. Player one got 100 points. Player two got 80 points. Yeah, you. Yowza. Player one wins. Not really. Yowza. Okay, wait. She didn't give me points. Would you like to stop or play again? You suck. Stop. Alexa. Simon says, I'm sorry, Alexis, but you don't speak loud enough. I'm sorry, Alexis, but you don't speak loud enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, That's awesome. As far as I'm concerned, I won and we reign victorious. Duh, we won. Hey. We are the king and queen of the 80s and the 90s. I think we I should think, go. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say probably the same thing you were. We need to start competing with other shows. Yeah, let's go up against like Lori with like the 70s. That is a great idea. Have I want to ever... do it. I want to do you... it though. And yeah. you could do like. I or don't I'll care. do the 60s. What do you want to do? I'll do anything. I don't care. I've heard the two of them play Beach Shazam. They both suck. Okay, good. We're good. We're All good right. to go. All right, when we come back, find out why YouTube is being named a D bag today on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Your kids watch naughty videos online, and that's why I'm naming them a D bag of the day on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are everything entertainment, everything D bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Yeah, I'm looking at you, YouTube what? kids. They have porn on YouTube Kids? Well, not not exactly, but here's the deal. So YouTube has its own special um, uh, version just for kids that you can load onto your kids' iPad or tablet or whatever. And you parents should be able to feel comfortable knowing that this particular app that's meant for children is going to filter out some of the naughty videos that you get if you just cruise around regular YouTube, okay? Well, parents have been surprised, to say the least, that their children have been watching, unbeknownst to them, videos that feature some of their very favorite characters, like characters from Paw Patrol or Disney uh, Disney movies that they love. But those, those characters have found themselves in um, kind of nightmarish situations. Like uh-huh. I saw one earlier today of... Elsa and Anna being hatcheted by the Grim Reaper. 
That was something that was allowed to get through the filter on YouTube Kids. So here's and and here's what YouTube Kids is saying about it is that this is a flaw in their algorithm because the way that the algorithm works, it searches by character and it searches by rating. But there are people like animators that can go out and they can reanimate a story using the same characters that you'd see in your favorite TV shows like Paw Patrol or whatever. They can put them in any situation they want. And then the algorithm that YouTube uses to decide what things go on the regular YouTube channel and what things are appropriate just for YouTube kids, that algorithm won't necessarily catch them. Oh my God. Frankly, I'm just one more reason. I'm glad I'm not a parent. I mean, listen, okay, here's an actual story from an actual parent whose child was watching what she thought was an episode of Paw Patrol, which is a Nickelodeon show that the kids love on um, on their on their tablet in the 10 minute clip. um, One of the Paw Patrol babies uh, was hypnotized and ended up walking off a roof and dying while the other one was being possessed by a demon. Okay. Okay. So. The point is this. Um, No matter what you think about technology's ability to help you uh, be a parent, you're just going to have to be a parent. You're going to have to pay attention to what the heck your kids are, uh, what your kids are watching. Just because it's on YouTube doesn't mean, I mean, there are a lot of inappropriate things on YouTube in general. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've run into that before when I've been watching YouTube with my my kids and we've been watching, you know, something that they thought was cute and funny, like a little video. And that video was great. Yeah. And then it goes into the next video. Hey, and the look next at these video movies. Is, and then all of a sudden, the <gasps> third video that it just segues right into it has naughty words in oh, it. Whatever. God. Yeah. You got to be careful. In, in closing, be careful. OK, parents. Mm hmm. But YouTube, you're a D-bag. In beginning, uh, also be careful, everyone. Oh, okay. Because something has hit store shelves that will change your life forever and has made the purveyor of this particular product my D-bag for today. What is it, you ask? What is it, I ask? The purveyor is Pepsi. What is uh, Pepsi purveying that is the problem on my douchebag festival today? What is Pepsi purveying on your douchebag festival, Bradley? (sighs) Salted caramel Pepsi. This is a joke, right? This is a joke. This isn't real. No, it's legit. It's no, it's sp- not. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm in denial. It's a it literally Pepsi. I'm going to read words to you. Oh. Listen to them and take them on, please. Okay. Pepsi will be releasing salted caramel. Pepsi. Just in time for the upcoming holiday season. This is a limited time only flavor and should hit shelves uh, in coming weeks. People, uh, Pepsi is also re- releasing Holiday Brew Mountain Dew. What is that? It's a combo of Mountain Dew and Code Red. So they just like shoved two of their flavors together and was like, Happy Holidays! We're lazy. <laughs> so, but back to um, yeah, caramel flavor. Pepsi? Okay. Two things. One, salted caramel can die a slow and painful death. I'm done with you. I'm not, but move on. Fine. And number two, I don't want that in my Pepsi. I mean, gross. Who wants to drink that? Somebody who has clear issues with uh, blood sugar levels. I feel like this is begging for us to taste it. I'm yeah, sorry I'm because fine with that. I know how we operate. We yeah. think something sounds really gross and we're like, that sounds gross. Let's try Let's, it. Yeah. 
So we're going to try it. Smell it. Smell it. Stinks. Um, this is weird, though. What is that no, going to taste it's gonna, like? like? Okay, yeah. How do you impart? Okay, so first of all, here's the problem that I have. If you had said it's salted caramel flavored soda, I'd be like, well, okay, I'm probably not going to like it. Mm-hmm. But it has a reasonable plausibility, mm-hmm. right? Whereas Pepsi is a very unique flavor. Explain for me the flavor of Pepsi. If I were an alien or like a North Korean and I asked you what Pepsi tasted like, what would you say to me? I would say sweet, syrupy, and sugary. Yeah, but like I'm trying to use words that aliens would understand. I don't know. Cola? Yeah, exactly. Is cola a flavor profile? No, but yes. Yeah. But no, but okay. yes. And but what I mean by that is cola is such a like distinctive, yeah. unique flavor. Right. That like with the very rare exception, perhaps maybe of cherry. Yeah. I don't okay, vanilla. Vanilla. Maybe. I was gonna say give maybe. it vanilla. Give it you lime. Sorry, it's a thing. Okay, you know fine, it is. fine. Lemon and lime, fine. Uh-huh. Salted caramel does not go with, like, the that plus cola seems like somebody at PepsiCo should probably lose their job mm-hmm. because I feel bad for the person who had to sit there and taste buckets of this thing until they got the right flavor profile so that you got not only hints of cola, but hints of salted caramel, which, by the way, can we just talk about this? When something is flavored salted caramel, it's actually just flavored caramel. The salted part goes on there to make it feel like it's a hipster thing or something, because how do you like there? Are they going to put salt in my Pepsi? No. So it ain't going to be salty. Well, okay. I don't know. Double. (laughs) Also, can I just say this? Um, When you're. When you're flavoring a beverage with salted caramel, that makes me feel like there might be a thickness to it that I'm not excited about. It's not. I mean, it right? looks like regular cola, but, but again, you know, ish. it's these are not flavors that go together. That's like me going, oh, coming this fall to Pepsi, we've got beef jerky Pepsi! Probiotic <laughs> Pepsi! No, oh. like nobody wants that. You're right. Alaska uh, baked Alaska Pepsi. Nobody no. wants that. So I just I I feel like Pepsi needs to be summarily shamed. You don't see Coke, by the way. You know, Coke has the occasional um, alternative flavor experience, but they know that at the end of the day, Coke is it. Because oh, good job. That was right? well played. Coke, 1984. Coke really is the superior cola. Period. They don't have to make dress it up. No, they just you know what flavor is that? It's Coke. Do you know who's just Coke flavor? Do you know who the worst alternative Coke flavor or not Coke but cola flavor is? Who or soda flavor is like or I should say um, bastardization of of pop. So like you know there was like a a period where we went through all of these iterations Mm -hmm. of of like cola beverages where they would add like a flavor to them like Mm -hmm. we already said cherry, vanilla, lime, lemon or lime. Dr. Pepper at one point did like cherry vanilla. Yeah. So, which blew my mind and I could never understand because Dr. Pepper has such a unique flavor. Yeah, you don't need to dress that up. Why would you put one, much less two additional no. flavors on top of that? I agree with you. I agree. Leave my Dr. Pepper alone. Also, leave my Dr. Pepper alone. <laughs> also. Leave my Dr. Pepper alone. Yeah, like why don't we also just do leave ca- my Diet Coke alone? Why don't we just do like quesadilla Diet Coke? Ick. 
or you know, tater tot hot dish Pepsi coming this uh, never. How about just like turkey gravy Pepsi? Yeah, I mean they have that turkey gravy soda. That's Ugh. a thing. That's a legitimate that, yeah, thing. You know, that's that one uh, soda company. Yeah, like that the they gross make. Company. Yeah, they make their they make their living off of making. They do bacon soda. They do all kinds yeah, of not baking me. soda, bacon soda, and it is gross. It is not worth your time, it's nor not. your effort, nor nope. your hard-earned dollar bills. Nope, but it is funny. It's a funny gag gift. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> what about giblet? Giblet Pepsi? Giblet cola. Pepsi <laughs> giblet. Okay, I, I apologize to anybody who's mid-lunch Little. because we've just ruined it for you. Right. Chunky Pepsi. Mm-mm. No. No. Okay. When we come back, which pet is better for your children's health? I've got the answer with some science attached after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk 1071. Sex, power, fear, and the end of careers have all been much discussed. Are dogs better for your kids' health? We've got the answer with some science on the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are everything entertainment and Bradley. Yes. Yes. Cats. Are better for your kids than dogs. Cats are bet. That is just uh, that's lies. No, it's not. Why? Oh wait, hold on. Do Why? That again. Why? Why? Because this was obviously written by some cat lady. <laughs> oh, cats! What or is it? Read teach your by children some about, cat lady about being let down. It's not about what is better for your kids. It's really about what's better for their health. And specifically, when it comes to asthma, cats are better for your children in preventing asthma than dogs. What okay, if you so, have a hypoallergenic dog? Okay, well, let me just tell you the science, and then we'll get down to brass I mean, tacks. I'm just telling you the truth. Okay, well, okay. Number one, I'm going to address that in just a moment. Okay. Number one. So it all goes back to the fact that there is a specific gene that these researchers in Copenhagen have isolated that causes asthma in kids. So if that if the child has that genetic mutation, it is possible that they could uh, start to show signs of asthma a little bit later. However, what they have found is that owning a cat and specifically exposing your young children before the age of five to a cat in the house the exposure to that fur can help your child avoid getting asthma if they have that genetic mutation. Um, and they're not entirely sure why, but it flies in the face of the, uh, the, the conventional wisdom, which is cats are super allergy. You know, people are very prone to allergies with cats. That the earlier you introduce a cat into your child's life, the less likely they will have an asthmatic reaction to the cat. Hmm. Kind of like what I always say, which is you should keep a very dirty house so your children build up immunities. <laughs> that is my excuse. Um, okay. But you're Thank not, a, you. that's not science, right? It's science-y. It's science, okay. science-ific. Well, can I scientific. tell you how bad science-y has been to us lately? True or, that. Or but now in answer to your question, yeah. what about a dog? Yeah, what about a dog? Because dogs are better. They found no benefits when it comes to asthma in owning a dog. Yeah, well, they have a bunch of other benefits, like they're actually friendly. 
Also, I just, this is like from a vet friend of mine. She oh, says God. there's really this no such anecdotal. thing as a hypoallergenic dog. Yeah, that's true, but not true. Okay. Okay. So no, no, I'm here to means, tell you. Fine. Yes, it is true, strictly speaking, that no living creature or anything can be not allergenic, mm-hmm. right? Because people can be allergic to most anything. Mm-hmm. But when people say hypoallergenic dog, what they're really saying is a dog that doesn't shed super much. And so you don't have as much dander in the things that generally people are allergic to do mm-hmm. to, allergic to. to flying around the house. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. So yes and no and yes and no. All right. Well, fine. And yes. But you know what else? When? Your mom. Okay. So I know for sure mm-hmm. that eating two burgers is actually healthier than eating just one. Really? Why? Because I don't even care what you're about to say. This is the best news I had all day. No, I am not hyperbolicanating. This is the truth. Eating two burgers is better than one. Why? Because science? No, because french fries. So if you're presented with the following option, hey, Colleen, would you like a burger and fries today? You should say, no, weirdo. I want two burgers because two burgers Mm -hmm. is better than a burger and fries. Yes. So if you're hungry enough to eat the burger and the fries, eat two burgers, eat two burgers instead. Oh my God. I'm so doing this the next time we go out for burgers. This is the best news I've ever had. Yes, queen. You know, because here's the other thing. I like (laughs) fries, but I don't like love fries. Well, it depends on the fry in question. Sure. Like there are fries that I will, you know, eat Unemotional. But they're like recreational. They're like side food. Well, a burger, a good burger, would you not rather have two good burgers? There's only one case okay. where I want fries. And that is when it's the natural fries with the skin on and they're kind oh. of cri- cripsy. And, uh, you know, they're like ooey gooey on the inside mm-hmm. and then cripsy on the outside. I know what you're talking about. Crispy. I think. Thank you. Um, But yes, no, uh, frankly, the science has come down to this. The carbohydrates and sugar in the fries is uh, not as healthy for you as the protein that you would get in an additional burger. And and here's like the truth. The odds are pretty good. You wouldn't be able to finish that second burger anyway, right? Well, okay, who am I talking to? (laughs) I don't, are you? I guess I was talking my own stomach. I can't hear you. What? (laughs) I don't understand. Are you speaking Chinese? Um, because they actually said that not only is it uh, likely that you're going to get more protein, well, I mean, you are obviously going to get more protein out of another burger, but you're also going to get fuller longer if you eat two burgers. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. So if you eat a big, and I'm not just talking like a handful of fries in a burger, because you're like, well, duh, of course you're going to get fuller on a burger because it's more than a bunch of fries. But we're talking like a big fat stack of fries and a mm-hmm. burger. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to end up being hungry if you eat the fries versus if you just pile in two burgers. Yeah. So when in doubt, two burgers. Did I ever tell you about the family member in my family who went on like a health kick at one point in his or her life? And this person would always order three mini burgers at restaurants that served mini burgers. Sliders, and we, you mean? Sliders. Yeah. And once we asked him or her why they made this decision, 
And they explain <laughs> to this. us in great detail how mini burgers are better for you than big burgers because they're smaller. And when we pointed out to this person that three mini burgers is probably just about the equivalent of one burger, probably this person was unable to do the math on that. Does this person um, have to operate heavy machinery? No, thank God. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I'd be a little concerned. Um, oh, I mean, hey, look, I'm all about Lord. denial. I will mm-hmm. say, too, that I never realized um, when it came to fast food, Colleen, that you could actually order two sandwiches. Oh, totally. Because sure, why not? I like I uh, I have people in my life who do this like they go through the drive through and get two sandwiches uh-huh. and I am like I didn't know you could do that. It's also like I didn't know that I could have booze delivered to my house when I drank, which was probably a good thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, six clearly. of one, half a dozen the other. <clears throat> Hopefully, half a dozen uh, or more. But yes. Um, it never occurred to me that I, because I'm just like, no, if you do that, you have a problem, right? <laughs> but like when I learned that people actually did it, I thought, oh my God, I feel like I've been robbed right. of all these experiences throughout my life. Well, here's the good news. You can drive through McDonald's on your way home and get two sandwiches and have that experience. I've also, in moments of weakness, yeah. ordered two French fries, oh, not really? two orders of French fries, Bradley. Literally two French fries. Um, I have asked if they could, and I've told them I will pay for the full order if that's what you have to do. That's a hot mess. But I just want two French fries because I know myself and I just wanted a taste of French fries. And if I drove away (laughs) and I didn't have the whole thing, I didn't have to exercise my willpower. Oh, that's torture. Better off not eating fries at all. Well, probably, but you know what? We all don't pretend like you don't have weak moments. We have we I'm weak. I do, but I don't like play weird games with myself. Like I'll just eat a half a Oreo because I know that that's not how it works. You get it's like it's a drug, man. You get a little bit in your system and you're going to want want it all. I know. That's why you got to drive away. Just keep driving. Keep driving. But don't keep driving tomorrow between <laughs> noon and two or listen to us while you're driving I mean, because you can, you can drive. I don't care. We are going to be doing a, a My Talk roundtable. We'll be talking about sexual harassment. We'll be uh, talking to experts, Jim Keenan from POR Emotional Wellness and Dr. Susan Strauss from St. Mary's University of Minnesota. That's between noon and two tomorrow. We don't want you to miss it. It's going to be a a good and very lively conversation. Now, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Ronan Farrow has released more details about Harvey Weinstein. And these ones uh, share a very suspicious um, coincidence to a religion we're obsessed with. Bradley and I are going to talk about that next. My top one.